Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Simon Anthony and Torty Talks. We live in strange times. Computers are taking over. Taking over things we don't particularly want to do or have utterly no ability to do, so we shouldn't worry about that. We should perhaps worry about this. I trust this shall be quite interesting. Well, I must hope it won't be very good. Oh, heck, it really is rather good, isn't it? That, ladies and gentlemen, was not me speaking. That was words synthesised uh, from text that I had written that um, had been uh, entered into a programme called Descript. This programme uh, that I did not have to pay for, I used a demo version, managed to take some sound samples that I fed to it of my voice, reading various carefully chosen phrases, and then when it was uh, sufficiently happy that it got uh, enough information, I um, typed some words that you heard and pressed the replay button. As you could tell, some of the words were not entirely correctly pronounced, so I changed the spelling and got this when I selected a different voice. I trust this shall be quite interesting. I almost hope it won't be very good. Oh heck, it really is rather good, isn't it? Now that is really bit disturbing, especially seeing as how I can now use my own voice again and get this as a result. I trust this shall be quite interesting. I almost hope it won't be very good. Oh heck, it really is rather good, isn't it? Yes, well, there you go. It has some artefacts. Well, that's because it was the version that I hadn't paid for, and I only did a little bit of sound sampling. If I'd fed it with, say, an hour of me talking, uh, apparently the sound would be much more accurate in its representation of my voice. Let me say again what happened. I can talk into the computer, it learns the, my style of speech. After it has done that, I can type anything I like, and those words would be spoken by the computer in my voice, as you have just heard. I could sample anybody's voice and make, it, make that person say anything I wanted. Were it not for the fact that they have very carefully put security features on the use of other recordings. Now, quite how they could be overcome so that you could make uh, a third-party person say anything, I'm not sure. I don't intend to investigate. Um, but I wished to make it widely known that it is now possible <laughs> to do things like this. It is really quite stunning that that is possible, I think. Right, now there are other impossible and stunning things as well occurring. For example, 
I've discovered that Bitcoin, <laughs> a cryptocurrency, can actually increase in value incredibly fast and incredibly far. Um, I know this because my son has done it. He put in £1,200 and he's now got £1,900. Um, and that was in about a six-month period. I know no further of, uh, of uh, the way this is done, but I think I'll try and find the five quid I had about five years ago and see what that's worth now. <laughs> but I lost the information. Ha <laughs> ha. Right. Now, other extraordinary things, cryptocurrency, artificial intelligence, which is what taught artificial intelligence, which is what the system you just heard um, describing my... Artificial intelligence was the system used to generate my fake voice just now is just one of the many extraordinary things which is going on. I've mentioned quite a lot of them already, but um, that artificial intelligence can be used for things like self-driving cars, or indeed Elon Musk has now said that in about a year he will be able to use technologies uh, similar to, but not exactly the same as those used by um, Boston Dynamics to produce a 5 foot 8, 180 pound weight robot. A humanoid robot that can walk around and do things usefully for people, taking the jobs of uh, people who don't want to do those jobs, it is claimed. And it is then said that the next thing that will happen is... All those people who had those horrid jobs that they didn't want to do but needed in order to be fed would have to be paid universal income. Interesting. And that's a uh, just a sort of a money by right of being alive. Now, this is happening on the same planet as a medieval society is interacting with the 21st century. Um... The description of uh, uh, the, uh, the Afghan nationalists as medieval is one in terms of the level of technological advance they've got to nothing to do with level of intelligence. My word, no. Uh, humans are capable of anything wherever they come from. But there is a difference in how much they may have seen other people do. This lot are doing their best to leapfrog into the 21st century from the 14th during the period of their own lifetimes. Now, that is an exponential jump that is even faster than the exponential speed of growth of our technology, part of which I have just demonstrated. We are in remarkable times. I wonder what I can say about this. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, I pulled myself together. Um, it's a, it's a quite, quite a task. I've taken the previous podcast and I've sent it up to the good uh, artificial intelligence of Descript to use as a 30-minute seed for an even better uh, sound of my artificial voice. 
Um, the bit that you heard uh, was a short set. Let's see if the new version of their software can do something even better. Until then, I shall discuss the third thought that I had forgotten that uh, I was talking about on the last podcast, number 152. And now it's come to it. There I am sitting here thinking, right, and the third thought was, and the damn thing's gone again. I suppose that in itself is an indication of the function of memory, uh, that uh, artificial intelligence has got to somehow or another copy in order to be something like human memory. Maybe you can be artificially forgetful and artificially stupid as well as have a brain the size of a planet uh, that can do just about anything. I've spoken about GPT-3 as being the most incredible uh, version of artificial intelligence that there is. Today, I came across evidence of GPT-4 and also a different sort of chip made by Elon Musk. Well, not personally, but um, his lot. The chips used to be made, still are made, on slices of uh, a tube of silicon. And the, the images are stamped um, onto the surface um, in as tight a uh, configuration as is possible. The size of this stencil is so incredibly tiny, down to seven nanometers, which is uh, a millionth of a meter, I think. No, it's a thousandth, a thousand millionth of a meter, as in well titchy, down at the size of the, of the space that an atom takes up when it vibrates because it's warm. So the hotter something gets, the more likely it is that electrons will get bounced out of the wire they're supposed to be in and will land in another bit. This is quantum tunneling and is quite an issue. It's something that uh, restricts the size to which you can shrink these images. They're so incredibly small that quite a lot of them don't work. So I take it back to the uh, circular disk of silicon. A good number of the chips on there would not work. And for some reason, apparently, if one of them doesn't work, they throw the entire, the entire s uh, slice away. Well, this new um, uh, method of looking at things has managed to find a way of linking each of the chips on that slice together, such that if one of them doesn't work, they simply map it out. This makes the chips much uh, more uh, productive and therefore hugely cheaper. And as they're so small and they're powerful anyway, uh, we've got an ability for um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the chips then made by Apple um, to um, take over the world. So whether or not uh, Musk is going to do it or Apple's going to do it, I don't know. Possibly they're going to be racing each other. And the extraordinary thing is, this is just another extraordinary thing which is happening. There are so many of them as I keep going on. People will say X is always terrible or Y is pathetic or, or Z just can't be possible. And I forget all the A's and B's and all the way up to the other points. And uh, all the other numbers, all the other letters of, of things, so many of them, 
all happening at once. Some won't work. Some will only work if they're held in, com in combination with other ones. And, uh, well, this is the future that we are hurtling into. Uh, a few days ago, I walked past the open door of a building that said it was a school. And I said, hello, I'm a teacher. Got any jobs? They said, yes. I start, well, as I record, tomorrow. And I walked into the place for the first time last week. I'm going to be teaching school children. A whole several in a room simultaneously. And this is the sort of thing I'm going to be talking to them about. One of the things I could have shown them happened a couple of days ago um, <laughs> when uh, we were in Leeds waiting uh, to start the massive day that was my daughter's wedding. I thought I'd watch a relaxing rocket take off because there are a lot of rockets taking off these days. I lay down, turned on my various viewing facilities and watched a rocket count down. It stopped at zero. The next day, it had another go. It got down to zero. It flew sideways. It leant over to the right by an angle of, I don't know, 12 degrees or something. And then the rockets uh, were pumping away hugely underneath. And because of the clever way in which these rockets are made, the gimbling of the motors, it managed to straighten itself up. But because it had started moving physically to the right, the entire thing, even now straight, was moving to the right. This was terrifying to watch. It was a literal nightmare I had yeah, a long time ago when there were Saturn V moon rockets. This was just a little rocket trying to get into orbit which is a lot closer, but it was absolutely shocking to see this thing go the wrong way. And that was a, a wake-up call that saying our technology, fantastic as it is, is not perfect, nor are the people who are using it. There was a story on the radio recently all about gene editing, and the possibility that you can uh, now alter the human genome in such a way that children will be born with the alteration. There's a particular term for it, which I can't remember. Um, I think gene racing, perhaps, or gene, something like that. And this has been done with humans. A Chinese uh, chap. A scientist has, has done this, not because it's particularly uh, necessary to do, but I think it's just to say, oh, look what, I did it first. He was lambasted by absolutely everybody, including the Chinese scientific community, at, um, by having two children born with uh, a, um, a, a genetic inability to be infected by AIDS. There are 103 different ways of not being infected by AIDS rather than changing the human genome to prevent it. And who knows what that would be doing anyway. Now, this charge for perfection, when we don't know what we're changing, could result in us all being exactly the same, Stepford Wive-like women and mindlessly idiotic men, um, well, there's a heck of a lot of that about anyway. But the danger of 
changing the genome itself means that we will lose our ability to have geniuses born. There's quite a number of people with extreme brain who can go off and do Elon Muskoid things are, as is he, um, not normal thinking people. He's autistic, very powerfully on um, the autistic spectrum. And if we wipe out that sort of thinker, we wipe out the possibility of being able to adapt to change. This is not a good thing. Now, I have uploaded uh, a great chunk of uh, my speech to the system and I'm waiting for it to come down again. And when it has, I shall type something and paste it and see if you can tell if it's me talking or the uh, automated system. So there you are. You have been warned. I'm reduced to writing about what I don't know. I don't know it because of long Covid, making it almost impossible for me to know anything at all. My brain is not so much fogged at the moment as lost, and can't even tell that it is lost. I am in a mental maze with identical walls, so the view is the same when lost or when I know where I am. I can only tell that I'm not where I think I am by trying and failing to get to somewhere else. I can also forget the path to this other place, so I'm no use to anyone or anything if I'm lost or can't remember the route. Either way, I think I'm doing the right thing, but I keep ending up somewhere that looks just like the place I started from. This is both tiring and deeply irritating. Mostly tiring. And irritation is energy-intensive, so it makes me all the more tired. When I'm tired, I do things wrong, or can't remember how to do things right, or can't even summon the strength to attempt to do anything. And that is profoundly irritating. That makes me tired. And it's hot. Well, it sort of should be. It's still summer, after all. Only a few weeks ago, it got cloudy, and the wind picked up in an interesting way. I went to the windows to watch the effects from safety, as in the place where my hair would stay put, and I could keep the wind out of the camera. Since then, though, I can't look at dark clouds in anything like the same way, because out of them came a tornado. It ripped tiles off the roof of the house I was in and dropped them where I had just been standing. The wind I found interesting from the dark clouds I love looking at could have killed me. In Central Europe, over 100 people were not as lucky as I was. They did die. Floods, 20 centimetres of rain in a day over a large area covering Luxembourg, Germany, Belgium and the Netherlands, made hills collapse, rivers form on roads which were washed away, leaving Mars-like crevasses where people's homes had been. The path of the water didn't notice if the corner of a home was in the way. It simply took the corner with it, crushed it under a bridge and moved on. Tree, car, home and probably people down the hill towards somewhere he would slow down and simply drown. This is climate change writ large. I knew the dangers, but I never wanted to predict the exact nature of the damage that could be done. 
It was enough for me to know that the energy of nature, disturbed, was enough to change our lives forever. As I write this, a car was idling while people talked for quite some time. I was thinking, turn off the engine. Uh, they did not. I have been wanting engines to be turned off for 30 years, but it'll take at least another 10 before the things will not be on sale legally to home users any longer. Irritating is not the word for that. I can't get my brain to work for work or pleasure. I can't think clearly enough to manage to navigate the maze of what I think or should do next. Relaxing. <laughs> well, I've almost been able to do some of that, but for the last two days my leg twitching has returned as I stopped thinking. Typing is just about enough thinking to keep it at bay, so I type. I can't enjoy television programmes properly, oddly in part, because I can remember the plot, even though this is possibly only the second time I've seen the show in over twenty years. I'm running my irritation down at last. I may be calm enough soon to do something other than eat. And now another piece grabbed from my backlog of stuff I've written in order to complete today's podcast. Dear Moon, a piece I wrote in the hope of getting a free lift to the moon. When I was about 20, over 40 years ago, I started to notice that the world was running out of stuff, and this couldn't go on. I realised the entire planet would be dead, or at least all the people on it would be, if we kept on producing, consuming and wasting at the rate we did back then. I, I read science fiction and could see that the world endstops we would hit as we rushed forward blindly and greedily with business as usual would not be at all fun. I dreaded what would happen, so I tried to do something about it. I, I joined the Green Party, stood for a parliamentary seat in Rushcliffe, Nottingham in 1992, and after I had recovered in 2005. I stood no chance, but I, I know I got people talking. For years afterwards, people came up to me and said they'd remembered the talks I'd given at local schools. Today we have won the argument, but we're still shopping to disaster. My parents worked in local civic societies, protecting local resources, and so I did the same in Nottingham. I moved to Sydney, Australia with my wife for five years and supported the Green Party there as well as I could. I've been running the podcast for the last two and a half years, a show a week. I started acting three years ago and have quite an interesting showreel. I have a memorable voice and a quick mind that manages to work even on live TV, as my acting profile shows, always with an environmental slant. I am a lecturer, uh, teaching wherever anybody will pay me. I love talking. I've been recording my thoughts since, effectively, before I was born, with the help of my grandfather. These recordings are an almost daily record of a twenty-something white middle-ish class young lad growing up, starting work, going to promenade concerts, starting a family, and all that sort of thing. 
That's what a lot of my podcasts are about. I hope to get my hands on my old recordings and actually manage to show the future what thoughtless actions got us into this mess that we must by then have managed to work our way through. No one mucked the planet up deliberately. Well, no one I want to talk about anyway. Most people have no idea what the effect of their daily lives has on the lives of everyone and everything else on Earth, so they won't notice when normal life has been redesigned to fix rather than destroy things. I fervently believe that people will manage to do the right thing, whatever that means in their situation, so that we can rebuild our Earth. I don't want humans to go and pollute and destroy Mars and the Moon, even if it does save the Earth. We can do better. And Elon Musk, for one of a large number of people, has done more than most to make that happen. Electric cars alone shall change every aspect of Western life. COVID-19 is showing everyone the least of what shall happen if we don't make the incredible changes we need. With luck, we'll get an economy without money one day, Star Trek style. I can't get my jibber to work either for work or for jabber. I can't think jibber enough to jabber to jibber the jabber of what I think I should or could do next. Jibber, well, I have almost been able to do some of that, but for the last two days my jabber jibber has jabber as I stop thinking. Jibber is just about enough thinking to keep it at jabber, so I type. I can't jibber ointment jabber jibber. Jabber in part because I can remember the jibber even though this is jabber only the second time I have seen the show in over jibber years. I'm running my jibber down at last. I may be jibber enough now to do something other than eat. Well, you've heard enough of my voice to know that sounds like me, but that wasn't me. That was the result of feeding the artificial intelligence system at Descript with one and a half hours of uh, of my voice saying various things that you've already heard. Um, then I fed in uh, the text um, of something that I happen to have, which, as it turns out, is something that was already there. So it's not a proper test. I should have come up with words I haven't ever used. Um, maybe I shall and see if it can work that one out. I shall. I shall give it. A, I'll give it a word and and see what it thinks of it. Here goes. Well, there's nothing happening there, and the reason is words that I haven't used already fall outside of the one thousand words that the system will allow me to um, synthesize without paying any money. Hence, jibber and jabber were inserted for words that it didn't know. Um, I'm. Incredibly impressed by the sound quality, as you heard earlier on in this podcast. Not particularly high quality sound, and I said that if I fed it with with more um, data, it would get better. It became perfect. Uh, that that is strikingly extraordinary, as far as I'm concerned. 
the way they manage to stop people cloning anybody else's voice is you have to speak a specific paragraph uh, giving a license for your voice to be cloned at the top of the training code. So I did that, and the sound quality was vastly improved, as you can hear here, where I put together the uh, original sound and then the copy of it with jibber and jabber in words that the system um, um, expects me to pay for. Here's another example. Uh, first, me saying what I said the way I said it, and then the AI using my samples and the text and saying what I said in its own voice, which is mine. I went to a mock auction once. I joined a crowd of eager bargain seekers, and despite being fully aware of all the tricks of the trade, I bought a box for a hundred pounds without knowing what was in it. This was a terrifying experience. I was fully in conscious command of my actions, and yet gave away money I simply didn't have. I went to a jibber-jabber once. I jibber-jabber of jibber-jabber-jibber, and jabber being jibber-jabber of all the jibber of the trade, I jabber-jibber for one jabber-jibber without jabber what was in it. This was a jibber experience. I was jibber and jabber-jibber of my jabber, and yet gave away money I jibber didn't have. As you can tell, <laughs> It doesn't half sound like me, but it hasn't got any inflection yet. Possibly with even more um, source material, it would sound with my sort of presentation. But until then, I've still got a job as a voiceover artist. That was one in a series of Torty Talks by Simon Anthony, acting at torty.org.uk. Mm -hmm.